gospel reading for today, week two of Advent, and I am going to read the First Testament reading, which comes from Isaiah 40, and I am reading the Inclusive Bible. Console my people, give them comfort, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem's heart and tell it that its time of service is ended, that its iniquity is atoned for, that it is received from Yahweh's hands double punishment for all its sins. A voice cries out, clear a path through the wilderness for Yahweh, make straight the road through the desert for our God. Let every valley be filled in, every mountain and hill be laid low. Let every cliff become a plain and the ridges become a valley. And then the glory of Yahweh will be revealed and all of humankind will see it. The mouth of Yahweh has spoken. A voice commands, cry out. And I answer, what will I say? All flesh is grass. And its beauty is like the wildflowers. The grass withers and the flower wilts and when the breath of Yahweh blows on them. How the people are like grass. Grass withers and flowers wilt, but the promise of our God will stand forever. Go up on a high mountain, you who bring good news to Zion. Shout with a loud voice, you who bring good news to Jerusalem, shout without fear and say to the towns of Judah, here is your God, Yahweh, O sovereign one, you come with power and rule with a strong arm. You bring your reward with you and your reparation comes before you. Like a shepherd, you feed your flock, gathering the lambs and holding them close and leading mother ewes with gentleness. We hear the voice of God in the reading of these scriptures. Thanks be to God. So this is the season. We are communally longing to be comforted and y'all just in our own little community here this week, we've had a load of suffering. We have beloved people in physical or mental health crisis and financial crisis and stress grappling with loss and grief. And we feel one another's pain. This year, more than any other in my own remembrance, we are in need of guidance and we are in need of comfort. And we're turning to every manner of thing, both helpful and unhelpful, to soothe ourselves. And so here we are in week two of Advent, and we are reminded in the scriptures of the comfort, of the comforting presence of God by the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says God in another translation how we need that assurance that all will be well, that the pandemic will end and that our financial struggles will end and that our health struggles will, will end and that someday we'll be done grieving and that the pandemic will end and we won't have to be so cautious or feel afraid for our loved ones or to hug a person anymore. I've often returned to the words 
of Julian of Norwich in her beautiful work entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Now, Julian was a person who experienced a great deal of suffering and discomfort and also who has deeply experienced the love of God even in the midst of that discomfort. And so from a place of deep faith and of trust in the love of God, she writes, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And her conviction that all shall be well is both an acknowledgement of suffering and a rising above it for more perspective. I would argue, based on Julian's biography, that um, it was her experience of suffering and discomfort that put flesh on the bones of her faith, bolstering her trust in a love far greater than herself that would come through in the end. And in the same way, the prophet Isaiah speaks of comfort, not in a flippant way, but from the perspective of a people who have been exiled from their homes. They've been made captive by a foreign nation and their homes destroyed and their culture erased. The Hebrew nation of Isaiah's time has suffered and experienced profound discomfort and loss. And yet... Isaiah speaks forth this vision of a loving God who rescues and comforts the people and who brings restoration and gladness and who soothes and reduces their distress. Isaiah is able to envision God as a shepherd who feeds his flock and gathers the lambs in his arms. And Isaiah's beautiful vision of comfort still resonates for us today. It's part of the fabric of our faith and also part of the fabric of our longing. The scriptures affirm our longing for comfort and assure us of God's willingness to come alongside us in our discomfort and to soothe us. But I can think of many times throughout my own life when it was discomfort that guided me either out of a bad or unhelpful situation or into some fresh new endeavor that scared the bejesus out of me, but that was absolutely necessary for my growth. A few years ago, I left a church that for a while I had been very comfortable at. I knew it and I knew how to navigate it and how to be successful in it, and how to please people. And over time, it became clear to me that there was no more room for growth left for me there. It became clear that if I spoke out on issues that I wasn't impassionate about, and I bet y'all could guess what some of those are, that I would make others uncomfortable and they would be more comfortable with my silence. They would be more comfortable with my complacency. And it was making me uncomfortable because I was compromising my integrity by making them comfortable. So I had to make a decision. I had to decide to make myself uncomfortable by leaving a comfort zone and going out into an unknown. 
And in making the hard and scary decision to leave the familiar, I had to let discomfort guide me out into what felt like a wilderness. It felt like I was coming around a blind curve way too fast. I did not know what would come next for me. I did not know what my next ministry would be or what purpose I could serve. And for a while, it was very terrifying. I had to do identity work. I had to grieve my losses and grieve the work that I had left behind and the people and the comfort, the loss of comfort. It was a conundrum. It was like the discomfort of a goldfish outgrowing its bowl, but also the discomfort of like a door slammed in my face. And then after that, it was the discomfort of an unknown future. In our race and equity cohort on Monday night this week, which tomorrow is the last night of that. And we're going to do it again. It's been wonderful. You guys, if anybody's in that group, chime in in the comments about how wonderful it's been. Um, We'll do it again so you can get on the wait list. But anyway, so in our group on Monday night of this week, this or last week, we discussed the intersection of race and gender. And Lisa Sharon Harper, who leads, who who teaches the content, um, talked about how historically white colonialist men have, quote, constructed a world for their comfort, their financial comfort, social comfort, legal, mental, and emotional comfort. And one of the most critical ways they did that was by exploiting the labor, wisdom, and genius of men and women of color, particularly the bodies of women of color. Why? For profit. End quote. So comfort can be good, but sometimes we humans do bad things to get it. We steamroll or worse, we oppress other people to get it. We compromise our integrity to keep it. And sometimes our comfort causes harm. And that is where we need to be alert. This is where particularly if we benefit from whiteness or patriarchy, we have the opportunity to critically examine our comfort. Is it a healing comfort as the prophet Isaiah speaks of, or is it an exploitative comfort like Lisa Sharon Harper is referencing? And when we experience discomfort, we can critically interrogate that too. So is it a chafing that says, it's time to move, it's time to change, it's time to get help? Or is it like a discomfort akin to what we experience when we learn to meditate? You know, it's kind of a twitchy, got a twitchy feeling. Or when we learn to lift weights, we're sore, but ultimately, These acts are beneficial to our longevity and our spiritual growth and our health because there are times 
when we need to get out of our comfort zone and into something less comfortable, something more challenging and something that requires us to move and stretch and work it out and expand. And I bless you to recognize those moments when they come. So we know that this has been to say the least an uncomfortable year for us all. And I want you to feel cozy and comfortable. I want your stress to be relieved and soothed. I want you to know in your bones that all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. I want you to have personal experience with the love of God and to know what it feels like for the love of God to wash over you. I want you to know what it feels like to, to, to surrender to the joy and safety of love. I want you to have holy moments of divine interference. I want you to be awake and looking for those sightings of God that can sustain and soothe and comfort us over the long term. But when those feelings of discomfort come, the ones that have the ring of the prophetic to them, the ones, you know what I'm talking about, you, you have an intuition about that you cannot seem to put them out of your mind and they keep coming up in conversation or else they ache so deeply that they are not ignorable anymore. I want us to be able to recognize those for what they are also as holy discomfort that might guide us to a new and greener pasture. I was listening to a neuroscientist speak this week, incidentally, on Brene Brown's podcast. You'll probably know what a devotee I am of Brene Brown's podcast. Anyway, she had a neuroscientist on, and he was discussing how in order to keep healthy and keep its edge, the human brain needs uncomfortable challenges, like learning new skills that we suck at at first, like taking a new route, or using your non-dominant hand. The brain, the human brain stays healthy when we keep it on its toes and uncomfortable. And I dare say that the same is true about us spiritually. We need to learn to perceive discomfort not as something to be avoided, but as something to be curious about and learn from. Christ didn't pull any punches about comfort. Remember, he's the one that sent the 72 out without any money or an, even a change of clothes. He's the one who said, oh, hey, if you want to follow me, you'll have to deny your own comfort and take up your cross and follow along here. The path of peace is not known to be comfortable digs, but also. That same Christ is the one who said, come unto me, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Yeah. So traditionally in agrarian societies, the dark of the year, which we're coming up on now, the winter solstice, which is the longest night, the shortest day, 
it's thought to be a time of rest and contemplation. And I think this is true for us this year. And I wonder if you feel it too, that this time, this year, is a time when we need to integrate what we've learned in preparation for brighter days ahead so that we don't make the same mistakes. And you guys, many of the mistakes that we've made as a society were made because we wanted to be comfortable. We wanted to drive cars on fossil fuels and have other people do our work and use endless plastic containers. And we would prefer to pretend whiteness would be more comfortable pretending that the civil rights movement was over and done with and that patriarchy was over and done with and land exploitation and theft from indigenous indigenous peoples was over and done with. And then we could just stop thinking about it and we could stop thinking about the injustices and, and the inequities and they wouldn't be there anymore. Our penchant for comfort is reaping us some stinky rewards. And we are feeling pretty uncomfortable as a society as those realizations are dawning on us. But hear me when I say this, the discomfort that is happening to us right now as we wake up to these realities is holy and necessary. We need to feel it. We need to let this discomfort guide us to work for the common good and to examine our biases and examine our entrenched ways of thinking. We need to let the discomfort and the pain of others lead us into empathy and compassion. Amen? So my blessing is this. May the discomfort of this moment in time guide us out of pandemic, out of racial injustice, climate emergency, out of death penalty and mass incarceration, out of moral bankruptcy and into truth, into a new day, a new consciousness, a more compassionate society and a more Christ-like way of being in the world. A day in which we are not only concerned with our own comfort, but we are actively invested in the comfort of the most marginalized. So as we cozy up in these short days and long nights and the dark side of the year, giving ourselves the gifts of rest and comfort, which we all need, may we know, like our sister Julian, that all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Amen. <laughs>